Welcome to the Chicago Poetry Tour podcast, produced by the Poetry Foundation, publisher of Poetry Magazine. This is tour number 14, New Chinatown. This tour looks at Chicago's New Chinatown neighborhood and features poetry by Lee Young Lee. The Chicago Poetry Tour is a multimedia tour of poetry written in and about Chicago. It features a wide range of poets, set in a variety of neighborhoods and landmarks. The tour explores 22 sites around the city and showcases the dynamic and legendary history of poetry in Chicago through archival and contemporary recordings of poets and scholars, local musicians, and historic photos. You can take the whole tour for free at poetryfoundation.org. In the 1970s, this stretch of Argyle Street in the uptown neighborhood of Chicago was developed as New Chinatown. Immigrants from China and Southeast Asia moved to the area and opened restaurants and other businesses. One, the Hong Ki Grocery, is the setting for a poem by Li Young Li. But the ideas of the poem spring from a much deeper source. Li Young Li was born in Jakarta after his family moved to Indonesia from China arriving just in time for an anti-Chinese purge. His father was arrested and jailed as a political prisoner. The family fled and moved through several other countries before arriving in Chicago in 1982. Lee grew up with an appreciation of Chinese poetry. His parents were educated in the Chinese classics, which meant they learned... 300 poems from the Tang Dynasty, 300 from the Song, 300 from the Ming, and, and so on and so forth. And they had to memorize huge passages of the Zhuangzu and Mengzu and uh, all the philosophers and stuff. So they would recite that stuff all the time. And I loved it. Li Yongli's poem, The Cleaving, is a long meditation on food, life and death, identity, violence, and change. He gossips like my grandmother. This man, with my face. And I could stand amused all afternoon in the Hongqi grocery, amid hanging meats he chops, roast pork cut from a hog hung by nose and shoulders, her entire skin burnt crisp, flesh I know to be sweet, her shining face grinning up at ducks dangling single file, each pierced by black hooks through breast, bill, and steaming from a hole stitched shut at the ass. I step to the counter, recite, and he, without even slightly varying the rhythm of his current confession or harangue, scribbles my order on a greasy receipt and chops it up quick. My father was a, a Taoist. He studied Taoism pretty deeply, and he always talked about the, the integral path, a path that integrated body and soul and spirit and nature and the universe and everything. So he educated me a little about the vision in Chinese poetry, particularly the Tang and the Song dynasties, you know, where they, uh, they really felt that a poem was an object of meditation 
through which you can kind of uh, access something like uh, the universal mind. Again, Li Yongli reads from The Cleaving. He lops the head off, chops the neck of the duck into six, slits the body open, groin to breast, and drains the scalding juices, then quarters the carcass with two fast hacks of the cleaver. The head, flung from the body, opens down the middle, where the butcher cleanly halved it between the eyes, and I see, fetal crouched, inside the skull, the homunculus, gray brain, grainy to eat. Did this animal, after all, at the moment its neck broke, image the way his executioner shrinks from his own death? Is this how I, too, recoil from my day? See how this shape hoards itself. See how little it is. See its grease on the blade. Is this how I'll be found when judgment is passed, when names are called, when crimes are tallied? The ultimate medium in a poem was silence, like the kind of a pregnant silence, like vast space. But there's no way to experience that kind of silence unless we inflect it with words. It's like architecture, you know, the medium in architecture, I guess, is space. But you're using the materiality of wood or plaster or whatever to inflect space so that we know how to inhabit it. The noise the body makes when the body meets the soul over the soul's ocean and penumbra is the old sound of up and down, in and out, a lump of muscle chug-chugging blood into the ear, a lover's heart-shaped tongue, flesh rocking flesh until flesh comes, the butcher working at his block and blade to marry their shapes by violence and time, an engine crossing, recrossing salt water, hauling immigrants and the junk of the poor. These are the faces I love, the bodies and sense of bodies for which I long in various ways at various times, thirteen gathered around the redwood, happy, talkative, voracious at day's end, eager to eat four kinds of meat prepared four different ways, numerous plates and bowls of rice and vegetables, each made by distinct affections and brought to table by many hands. The assimilation that I was experiencing as a Chinese person in America felt violent to me, like it was doing violence to my soul and violence to my being, and you, you know, and I felt cleaved from uh, a lot of the things that uh, were natural to me. Because growing up in America, I don't know how I picked up on it. Maybe it was just through TV or movies or, you know, magazines or something. 
I understood that I was not only an outsider, but that there, but that we were viewed as the ugly, ugly people. Bodies eating bodies, heads eating heads. We are nothing eating nothing, and though we feast, are filled, overfilled, we go famished. We gang the doors of death. That is, our deaths are fed, that we may continue our daily dying, our bodies going down, while the plates soon empty are passed around, that true direction of our true prayers, while the butcher spells his message manifold in the mortal air. He coaxes, cleaves, brings change before our very eyes and at every moment of our being. As we eat, we're eaten. You know, my own experience of, of change uh, coming from one culture to another, that the transformation was so uh, difficult and, and violent and, and sometimes soul-killing, you know. So the violence of uh, racial assimilation. But then there's also like the violence of, uh, I guess, the modern world too, you know. And, and I feel like there, there must be ways that cultures can assimilate each other without violence. No easy thing, violence. One of its names, change. Change resides in the embrace of the effaced and the effacer, in the covenant of the opened and the opener. The axe accomplishes it on the soul's axis. What then may I do but cleave to what cleaves me? I kiss the blade and eat my meat. I thank the wielder and receive, while terror spirits my change, sorrow also. The terror the butcher scripts in the unhealed air, the sorrow of his Shang dynasty face, African face with slit eyes. He is my sister, this beautiful Bedouin, this Shulamite, keeper of Sabbaths, diviner of holy texts, this dark dancer, this Jew, this Asian, this one with the Cambodian face, Vietnamese face, this Chinese I daily face, this immigrant, this man with my own face. This has been the Chicago Poetry Tour podcast. This was tour number 14, New Chinatown. The narrator was Patty McKinney. The opening music is by the Deep Blue Organ Trio, used with permission of Delmark Records. The full tour with 22 sites is available for free. You can take the multimedia tour online or download audio files at poetryfoundation.org. I'm Ed Herman. Thanks for listening.